recording to you from Detroit, Michigan. You are listening to Blacks with Blues. Maybe they just pass you by cause nobody looking And on black ass eyes, ooh, you must be up to something You must be up to something Sister grand am with the daylight busted Down Is you a clown? Back at the class, his granddaddy was a clown too Sitting in the back of the bus, even after the cool Looking like you, up to something Steady, steady, steady The broken hearted niggas close Some razor nets who I was feeling lucky Mama said, take your time and focus hard on something What it took a long time, had to say farewell Ooh, that beat was bumping Came back to MPLS with something The broken hearted niggas club Where the entrance is free Where are my broken hearted niggas niggas Y'all can come chill with me Boy close to me Brady only wanna make a mock of me okay. Statistically He never did a black chick Gonna tell his friends how bad he is bad, bad, Maybe it's all on my mind The blues and pink sometimes combine And I already said I gotta let go Leave out the party at home Wish it wasn't so distrustful Wish you kids school hadn't treated to the black nipple Wish my daddy hadn't let we was cubs Wish there was a good guy left Show mama love Wish you didn't watch romantic movies in the dark Darcy hadn't let me with a heart Broke, sipping on my sorrow Finna red light, your cause just this for Philando Probably thought we'd forget though The past is the past and we should just let go Mash that hope I'm eating blueberry cream Sitting in my favorite corner Finishing my favorite Listen, I'm trusting in that So right now in the Blacks of Blue studio, I'm extremely honored because I have one of my favorite people on the planet. Um, all in one, this is my big brother that we did not come out of the same hole. No. Um, this is one of my favorite artists who has on several occasions made me cry. And I don't think you understand that because I've texted you several times at three in the morning trying to relay that message to you. But I've never got a reply because your text game is I'm weak. Asleep. Okay. Yeah, because your text game is also weak and you're sleeping. Oh, don't do me. I text back. <laughs> Sometimes. Sometimes. Um, and yeah, just an all around good person um, from Detroit. Basically, my fairy godbrother. Yeah. Oh, that's cute. That's a cute. Um, yeah, my fairy godbrother. So, welcoming to the Blacks of Blue studio for the first time, Daryl Terrell. What's up, everybody? How local you doing? artist. Yeah, I'm not necessarily local because I'm not here in Detroit no more. I'm I mean, but you come here all the time. Yeah, well, I haven't been here in almost six months. You have a presence yeah. that stays here. Okay. I'll as long that. as I'm here, you will. I will. 
carry on your flame. Oh, carry That's some emotional shit. So, um, welcome to the show. I'm extremely happy to have you here, mostly because we have a lot of interesting talks mm-hmm. that are extremely intimate. And I think that's one of the most important parts about Blacks with Blues is capturing these intimate talks and putting them on display for others to feel, you know, mm-hmm. like a collective synonymous feeling of just like belonging. Mm-hmm. So we both identify as Black queer men. Mm-hmm. Um, you a lot longer than I. So you kind of, how old are you? I'm 20, I'll be 27 tomorrow. 27 tomorrow. Mm-hmm. All right. So, um, Gemini? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. I love my Gemini's. Yeah. So, in that case, you you kind of act as a, a... You basically act as an older brother to me. You give me a whole lot of insight, and you actually educate me on a lot when it comes to just, like, queer relations mm-hmm. and sex and love and identity. Like, you help me out with a lot about that. So, that's what I really wanted to start talking about today. Yeah. Um, one conversation that we had in the past that resonates with me a lot deeply that actually hit me last week as I was dealing with some emotional shit mm-hmm. was um, once upon a time you said, because you live in Chicago now, you're not around like all of your peers like you usually ha- are, mm-hmm. um, the need for intimacy oh, and yeah. just physical intimacy that isn't necessarily sexual, but just like wanting to be touched by other black people that yeah. care about you, yeah. wanting to hear the voices of your friends, wanting to be around that because yeah. that's important. Yeah, no, um, it is important because like, Let's be real. Life is hard. Yeah. Being black is hard. Being black male is hard. Um, being black and queer is even harder sometimes. And like when you don't, when you go through shit and you don't feel like you have anybody to vent to or talk to, it makes it hard for you to be able to process that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I have been like trying to find community in Chicago so mm-hmm. that I can like be more comfortable and be able to like have friends to call and vent to and cry to and it's been great but it's just not it's not home you mm-hmm. know it's like it's not like my friends i've had for 10 plus years who like literally know every fucking thing that i do i mm-hmm. can't it's like i try to call them like yeah i'm at work i'm with my child i'm doing this mm-hmm. and i'm looking like you know they're all like functioning adults and i'm mm-hmm. sitting in chicago like i'm so lonely mm-hmm. um yeah, no, and I just be wanting, I be needing to have somebody to literally sometimes just like come, like get in the bed with me, not sexually or not, or not like cuddle or anything, but just like get in the bed and just lay next to me. Mm-hmm. Like you ain't gotta talk, my nigga. Like don't, don't say nothing. <laughs> like you know, we could be in the same room, use our laptops and not talk, just listen to music, and that made me so happy. Just like being in the space with people and not by myself, mm-hmm. but specifically being in a place with people of color, specifically black and brown people, mm-hmm. because like. My roommates are all, like, not all, because one, one, well, I guess I say all. All my roommates are, in some way, shape, or form, white. Mm-hmm. I have one, although I have one roommate who's biracial, she's Pakistani and white, but she's, um, for me, more more white passing, she's Pakistani passing. Um, but it's just, like, something about the way we way in which we interact is, is just very much like, oh, roommates who are trying to be friends, but yet mm-hmm. we haven't, like, broke past that. Mm-hmm. But also just, like, kind of don't want to break past that. Mm-hmm. Like, just, like, yeah, no. Um, intimacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So back to the importance of, like, specifically black queer individuals mm-hmm. needing and like what does that come up out of like i mean i know it's the basic human want of just like wanting to be understood wanting to belong needing mm-hmm. that but how important is that to a black queer identity in your eyes i feel like i don't know i feel like it differs because mm-hmm. like because like my relationship with intimacy and with touch and black touch stems from family mm-hmm. like i am 
I was for the very for the longest the only male in my family until my sister had my nephew. Mm. Um, and which we're very affectionate people. And like we spend a lot of time together. We have these conversations, we crack jokes, we hug and cry each other. Hug and cry. Mm-hmm. Hug and cry with each other. Mm-hmm. But um and it's like that's where my relationship with intimacy comes from. Um I don't know. I, I, feel, I feel like it's needed because like a lot of us don't really understand how to fucking deal, deal with stuff. Mm-hmm. And sometimes if you just have someone who you can be very candid and open with, because me being candid and open with somebody mm-hmm. is a form of intimacy. Yeah. Um, it oh, can help you a lot. Always intimate. Yeah. Thing. Like you're hella candid with me. Yeah. And I'm hella candid with you. Yeah. I mean, I, but I'm also just a very candid person. Yeah. But I curate like how how candid I am. So like, uh-huh. I'm not about to like. I call you and talk about like oh <laughs> sucking dick and like sex uh-huh. but then like with other people I wouldn't walk out and be yeah. that candid mm-hmm. with um, but you know, I just feel like intimacy and uh, within black queer people is needed because it helps us to process stuff that a lot of us don't know how to process mm-hmm. um, and I feel like that with just men in general mm-hmm. or like masculine identifying people mm-hmm. um intimacy is needed because like a lot of us are conditioned to like we're conditioned and brought up with the like men don't cry bullshit mm-hmm. and it gets to the point where some of us don't know how to process these feelings we yeah. hold this shit in and it festers and it rots mm-hmm. um and honestly sometimes all all these niggas need is just a hug mm-hmm. like hug a thug y'all hug a thug hug a thug hashtag hug a thug I want to get that hug on a shirt a hug a thug you heard it here first yeah Probably actually no nah, it's not first I, find, I saw oh, okay. I saw it on Instagram though. damn like, no we cute. can still claim it hug a thug right <laughs> hug here a thug right now. Detroit edition there you mm-hmm. go um, that's one thing I have been finding a lot lately like a lot of the black men that are in my life as of late I think it's just because now that we're like the people that I'm most immediately surrounded by and care a lot for the most Mm -hmm. are my age for the most part Mm -hmm. 20 to 27 28 and we are all like hitting that 20 coming of age period Mm -hmm. and for us right now the most prevalent thing is figuring out how to be emotionally aware emotionally intimate emotionally available and we're just now realizing that most of the times we're not even emotionally available like we sit with ourselves and we're like, I would love a relationship with somebody. I would love to share my life with somebody, but not until you're in that, do you realize, wow, I've actually never been emotionally stable. There are a lot of things that I've never like- Drag me. <laughs> but it's crazy because I've found this myself, like being in situationships in the past, like we don't really look at ourselves for who we are until we're like standing across from somebody else who has to actually look at that. Mm-hmm. Because you're, you're giving, parts of yourself to somebody else and once they interpret that they're like well this isn't here yeah that's one thing that's been worrying me lately because like i'm new to dating and black queer spaces mm-hmm. and when i am in these black queer spaces one thing that i notice a lot is it's a lot of the same people like everybody know especially in detroit everybody knows each other already so if you fuck one person in this space you pretty much mm-hmm. have fucked some of everybody's one friend mm-hmm. And but even in that, like, it's just one thing I don't like how clicky and like of the same cloth everybody can yeah. be. I don't know. Detroit's um, queer spaces are very interesting. Mm. Um, compared, and I'm scared of it. I really compared, don't even want to immerse myself compared, in it. Don't, yeah, honey. <laughs> like I. Um, so a little backstory with like my my experience with queer spaces in Detroit. 
Um, I came out to my mom ninth grade year of high school. Mm. Um, Bold. Kind of forced. Okay. Um, I had someone who was a quote unquote friend who outed me mm. to my mom. Like, he called the house and asked to speak to my mom because my stepdad asked to the phone and apparently told my mom that I had stole his boyfriend and that wow. I was a hoe and the yada yada yada. Messy. During the same week that I already, that I personally had typed out a coming out letter to my mom that uh-huh. my therapist had told me I should do. Uh-huh. Um, and like, you know, I um, wrote the letter and hid it in my room when she found it. Mm. Um, and she, of course, had a hard time but it, after so long, she was cool with it. And then, um, I ended up having some, some queer friends who I'm not going to name because they don't deserve that time or space. Mm. Um, they, don't, they, they don't deserve my joy. <laughs> um, but they introduced me to Detroit's like, queer spaces. Mm. And like, at first I was all here for it because like, I'm someone who always admired like, voguing mm-hmm. and like, the these, like and the cultures of queerness, mm-hmm. of black queerness specifically. But I was just like having a problem with like, like fitting in because mm-hmm. it was like, and I always have to check myself because whenever I say this thing, I'm, I feel like I'm coming up a bit elitist. Mm-hmm. But it was like they didn't want anything out of life. A lot of mm-hmm. people who were in the spaces. It was like the club and the culture was their life. Mm-hmm. And like they didn't, it's like everyone seemed to be interested in celebrity mm-hmm. and becoming famous and doing something big with their life. And like me, I was like, I just, I really want to go to school. I really want to graduate. Yeah. And I got to a point where I started to realize like people were like fighting, and then like everyone was fucking each other. And like, I was in a, I was in a queer family, or like a manager house or whatever. And like people who posted like my quote unquote gay brothers and gay sisters were fucking each other and trying to fuck me. And I was like, yo, this is a lot. And mm-hmm. I, and I had to like re- really reevaluate and pull it back. And it comes off so toxic. Yeah, it comes off very tiresome, very yeah. toxic. Um, and it, but the thing is, like, that's how when I got when I was getting really in, in, embedded and invested into the culture, is when um, like I was dealing with like, like being openly gay in high school. Um, my mom still having problems with it, living with a homophobic stepfather, yada, 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 right? Um, what was the question? I started ranting. No, and this is perfectly fine because the more authentic that we go on tangents, the better. Yeah. Um, but no, I was just saying because that's one thing that I worry about being in these black queer spaces in Detroit. Like, And I'm, I'm not like a, a dater, kind of like mm. I don't. I'm not that comfortable with giving myself to a lot of different kinds of people. Yeah. Like I feel like I'm I'm a serial like monogamy kind of monogamy monogamy dater. Monogamist. Like yeah, serial monogamist. That's me because mm-hmm. like I don't feel like I can like date several people at once. I feel like if you're the like I can only give one person my attention at a time. Mm-hmm. Because I, when I focus on something, I give it up my all. You know, I can't give my all to several different things. Right. And maybe you're not supposed to give your all to several different things. But if I feel like if I'm trying to, like, do something, no matter what it is, I have to give it a good amount of my attention, you know? Right. So just, like, being in these spaces in Detroit. And it makes me think so much just based off of the interactions that I have had with other black queer men in this city. Mm-hmm. It makes me think so much about 
where I'm gonna end up romantically because I, at this point I don't feel like I'm gonna find the person or people. But Justin, you're so young. I'm very young, but it, it's it's it, I think about it a lot because I don't know just based off of what I've seen and what I've been around. Like I know there's more. There's so much more on the horizon. But as of what I've seen as of late, I'm just like, none of this impresses me and it's very underwhelming. Like when I was 17 and watching the LGBTQ plus uh, section on Netflix and be like, damn, that looks fun. Oh my God, okay, but no, that's, cause you probably that bullshit. Let's, let's kiki for real. So, um, I'm gonna need for them to like do better with their content. Cause like, I am so tired of seeing like these small ass little twinks, like, Yes, like I don't want, I'm tired of seeing the same the same level and brand of fucking mayonnaise. Like, sit your unseasoned chicken having ass down. Unseasoned chicken. Yeah, this is true. There's like, a few black queer films, but it's like they're few and far between. Mm. Few and far between. I said I said it right. Between. There, <laughs> between. Is that right? Yeah, whatever. Um, cause like I remember growing up and like watching that shit. All the only queer black thing I had to see on TV was Noah's Ark. Yeah. We had two seasons of it. Yeah. Then we had to wait five to six years before we got the movie. Mm. The movie was so fucking good. And it was just like the end. That's it. Yeah. And, and like, it's so funny because I wrote a paper about this in grad school. Um, Noah's Ark is actually, other than RuPaul's Drag Race, is Logo's highest rating show in the history of fiction. And yet it only made two seasons because mm-hmm. they felt like it didn't, it didn't it wasn't marketing to no one, but they didn't realize that the show was actually like helping a whole bunch of like baby fags who yeah. were too scared to come out, who were like sitting in their mother's basement watching TV with Nickelodeon on the back channel button. So as soon as I walked down the stairs, they hit Nickelodeon and started giggling oh. like they watching fucking SpongeBob. When in actuality, they're watching Ricky Noah. Alex and fucking um 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 chance go through their gay ass lives and it was just like I just need for these TV stations to really fix that because like you said like your experience is watching the LGBT A videos on Netflix and they're probably all predominantly white. Yeah. But I mean, don't get me wrong, because like not another gay movie is fucking hilarious. Which got me a, a like a, which made me build an unhealthy like Thoughts preference of queer for queer relationships like yeah. to the point where like I only thought I could like have queer relationships with other white men which was weird because I just never saw have you ever had sex with a white have you ever done anything with a white man nothing physical like making out anything no oh okay so you're not colonized hey how fun <laughs> <laughs> no I am not well, no, no dead ass like um, it's so funny because back in Chicago I feel like a lot of queer black men have dated, are dating, are open to dating white men. Mm-hmm. And like, okay, um, TMI alert. I am personally, I'm a big girl bottom, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like. No, that's not TMI. We girl, not, not at all. <laughs> and if we know uh, you listening, right. we already knew that. <laughs> I'm a big girl bottom. So like, for me, it's like a, like, I think about sex in multiple ways. Mm-hmm. I use it sometimes as a medicine to deal with bullshit, which is a toxic way of thinking about it, but that was the way I used it in college. At least you right? can accept that. Um, and I still kind of use like that sometimes mm-hmm. now. Sometimes it's just like, I'm bored, mm-hmm. come through, you know, beat these guts out the frame and leave. Um, but then it's just like, on the same time, it's like, it's a power thing. Mm-hmm. And it was like, being the submissive or as het- or as heteros would say, the female of the relationship, which is complete bullshit. Um, there's a, I feel like there's a, like the same way people say there's power to pussy. Mm-hmm. 
There's a power to bussy. There's a power to bussy, you feel me? It's just like, I can fuck up your whole day. Yeah. I can make your day better. Mm. I can, like, I can tell, like, if I be like, no, you can't get it unless you do X, Y, and Z, your ass go out there and do it. Mm. And, just, and females have the same power. Mm. If, if a girl, if a girl be like, no, nah, you too broke, I ain't giving you no pussy, mm. then what he gonna wanna do? He gonna wanna re-up, get his shit together to try to stunt on you, but at the end of the day, he's doing it because you told him no. Mm. It's the same thing with bottoms. Mm. And I'm not about to get no white man this power. Mm. I'm not. I also, like, also, I have a, I have a, a love of, like, when you throw it back and they fall. But then I also hate when I do that and then they catch it and start pop. Then they start throwing it back. And I'm like, no. Yikes. But I'm okay with that give and take with another black man uh-huh. or even a brown man, but not with a white man. You never have to colonize my hoe. No, thank you. Hmm. Paper. I'm getting past paper. But you can't go inside with my mind. They can't lay up. I be flexing. Wow.
checking to see where my head has been And I've been apologizing to some people Some bridges I needed to mend I've been eating more greens Get my body out of line Oh, I'm gonna be super fine And I've been letting Been letting some old ideals go I'm making room for my life to grow I just wanna be free Hey, yeah I just wanna be prepared. Get myself ready for what's coming for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just wanna be. I just wanna be prepared. Hear me now.
seen a lot, which I don't know how to feel about. Um, interracial queer couples, mm-hmm. usually like white and black, mm-hmm. in depictions of the Harlem Renaissance. So like Langston Hughes crew, um, Bruce yeah. Nungent. There, have you seen the movie Brother to Brother? Yes, that's what I'm uh, about to allude to with Anthony Mackie. It's yeah, so, I saw it for so him. like, it's so you, fucking good. So you remember like when they were doing the the trailbacks in the history, mm-hmm. like. Predominantly, like, the love interests were always like a white person. Well, that's true. But, they, but they would acknowledge, like, yeah, he's just a little white boy. I'm keeping around. But that made me start thinking, like, what is this, like, white men fetishizing black queer artists? Or I think about that a lot. Okay, that's not that's something. But then you saying that makes me think of Quincy Jones' comment about why he dates white women with blonde hair, blue eyes, mm-hmm. and he said that his father told him the easiest way to fuck with a white man is to fuck his wife. Mm-hmm. And I was like, whoa. Mm-hmm. Now, it's a very misogynistic thing to think, yeah. right? But at the same time, it's like, you know, if you get if you get their woman and, like, infiltrate their bloodline, it's like, oh, my God, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And which I think, well, at least within that movie, it was just like, you know, these little, these white boys fetishizing us. We're going to fetishize these guts. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's, I, again, it's a power thing. Like, Wow, like it is. they they think that they have this power because like, you know, they fucked over my race for hundreds and hundreds and thousands mm-hmm. of years. So now they're gonna fuck me, and I'm like, in actuality, I'm actually just like revenge fucking them. Yeah, which is also a horrible thing. It is revenge fuck. It feels good though. Ignore me. That was off the record. I don't know. I'm <laughs> I'm I'm an open person, so I feel like. I'm not closed off to an interracial relationship at this point, but there's a lot that has to be understood. But let's be clear. By interracial relationship, do you mean black yeah, and white so, yeah, or so. black and other POC? See, Because I yeah, do other POC. Yeah. Of course, and I would definitely do other POC. Because, uh, you know, college was fun. <laughs> um, there was this cute little Sri Lankan dude who was a pike at Wayne State. I will never forget... We we were on the elevator together. That's how we met. And I was like, I'm on the elevator. He grabbed my ass. And it was very forward. And I turned around. He was like, fourth floor. And the elevator was closing. And I was like, okay, well, shit. Let me go to the fourth floor. This is crazy, too. So I, was, I was just standing at the elevator. He was like, so what's up? He was like, you cute. I was like, oh, you cute. So we exchanged numbers. And the next day, his short ass had me in his dorm, <laughs> like, back arched to the high heavens. Like, in love. He's also kind of, like, mad at me, I guess. I don't know. Like, I used to, like, drive. I used to drive in time to no vibe for that dick. Ooh. It was good. Mm. And so I was like, I would not. Mm. I, that's, I'm like, I also know how I am. When I find someone who I find myself extremely sexually competitive, mm. com- compatible. compatible with, mm. I'm like, oh, please be compatible in other ways. Yeah. Emotionally. I need, like, I'm waiting for me to find someone Mentally. who I am, like, Mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and sexually compatible with. And like, I, like currently right now, a friend of mine just told me that he had a crush on me and I have a crush mm-hmm. on him. Which I think it's really fucking cute. Mm-hmm. And I've been here since Tuesday. We've been trying to link up, but it's just like, I'm like, hey, I'm in Midtown. What are you doing? Let's go to the museum. Let's mm-hmm. do something. And like, his mom's like, oh, I'm still in the bed. I'm like, mm-hmm. like. So can we talk about that? That whole like meshing with another person spiritually, mentally? Because yeah. I think that's a really important thing to me. And when I talk to my other friends about like me dating, mm-hmm. I'm the kind of person, like, 
I cannot do anything sexual with you until I have we've made that connection mm -hmm. mentally, spiritually, emotionally, something that you, has to be. You're there. you're a diamond, baby, because, because the rest like, of these little homos is like, bitch, it's dick big. What's popping? And I like, and that's one I can understand that because trust me, like I'm really tired of like scrolling with my th thumb in one hand and then my other hand on my junk. I'm really tired of that. Like I want the physical intimacy too, but I know that I'm way too emotional to the point where like. I just can't get into anything for the physicality yeah. of things because yeah. at that point, I'm going to get hurt. You know what? I find that so funny because that was me mm. when I was young. People say that so often. They think I, I'm going to change and I might. I don't know. I mean, so the, with me, my first boyfriend, I had freshman year of college. Mm. He broke up with me. Mm. We were here for six months. Um, and it's, the guy gets, he told me we he told me we, we, we were never actually a couple. That hurts. Which, like, he, tells, he tells me this once, like, that everyone hurts. else finds out, like, oh, Dora's one of your exes, me and Dora never go together. And I'm mm. like, nigga, you got four stuffed animals still on your bed that I gave you from seeing the plane. Like, I still got videos of you eating my ass on my old phone. Don't play. Like, he's my first boyfriend. He's the first person I, like, actually, I look like, so weird. He's the first person I kissed. Because, mm. like, in high school, I would have sex and want to kiss my body. Mm. He's the first person I kissed. First person I went to movies with, mm. the first person I did car sex with, mm. everything. No, we didn't have full car sex. First one I did car oral with, everything. Substantial things. Right, like things that like for me it was like oh, we're building, mm. and it was just like <laughs> he was like, nah. I'm actually it, plummeting. Right, actually. <laughs> and then the thing is, he flipped the switch. He was like, I don't want to break up with you because if I break up with you, I break your heart. So I want to give you the permission to break up wow. with me. And I was like, okay. And well, see, so this is what I well, mean. Oh, I think we should break up because I love you, and if I want to, if I love you, and you don't want to be with me, shit. I'm gonna let you be with someone else. But I hope you come back to me, girl. Seven years later, we had sex, and I threw this ass on him so well. He fell off my couch. He fell off. My he fell off the couch. Was great. Um. See, but that's the thing. Like, I feel like that just. It fucks up. It fucks up your ideas of relationships. Exactly. Someone, and is that what black queer relationships are now? Just toxic as fuck. Like, cause I have not black queer. Relationships Weird. in general. Yeah, okay, and okay. Relationships in general are this very, is true. I feel like relationships are just toxic. But I've never seen, I've seen some heteronormative relationships mm -hmm. that are not toxic. Like, I mean, everybody has their I mean, dirt true. in the closet. But I, mean, yeah, but I have true. yet to see a queer relationship that was not toxic. I have, actually. Really? Yeah. So, yeah, because that... I'm I'm the I'm the student, I have, so I got my pen and I've paper out. I've only seen out. a few, though, honestly. School me. And I feel like the ones that aren't toxic is because they're open. Mm -hmm. They're in open relationships. Really? So they're able to fuck other people. See, and that's that. that I, yeah. I couldn't do that. Me either. Like, and I've had people. Like, I've had threesomes with couples. Mm -hmm. But like, if I'm in a relationship, no. Yeah. You I don't know. You ain't touching all the bitch, and I, I don't touch nobody else. I invest too much. Yeah, because my know? thing is like, if I if I take you serious enough to actually want to date you. On a serious note, and you tell people you're my boyfriend, and like take pictures of the lovey dovey, like post my man crush Mondays and Valentine's Wednesday pictures, then I'm invested in you. Yeah. And I can't be invested in you while like throw my ass at, every, at like other people. I can't. Mm -hmm. Which is also might my, my, my possibly the reason I'm just like throwing ass at people now because I'm not invested in no damn body. Yeah. Um, disclaimer, I'm not throwing ass at everybody. I'm not that much of a hoe. Um, <laughs> at least in 2018. I'm just playing. Um, but, yeah, no. It's, queer relationships can be very toxic. Mm -hmm. 
And I think it's very toxic because, like I said before, like we do not know how to process emotion. Mm. Like, because we're, we're because black men are raised to be thugs, not thugs. I don't want to say that. Black men are raised to be emotionally unavailable. To be emotionally unavailable. Yeah, we're raised. Unfortunately, a lot of us are raised by single parents, mm. and if we do have our fathers in our life, we we're, we're raised by like hardcore ass fathers. Yeah. Who don't want a soft ass son? Mm-hmm. You, you can be crying like a little bitch. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to like be tough. Um, they tell you to like you know put some bass in your voice, walk with a limp. I have a whole fucking zine I wrote about this. This is wild. Mm-hmm. I have a zine that I wrote called Real Niggas Weekend, mm-hmm. which is like when I was young. I'm I'm a, I've been obviously gay since I was like three, yo. <laughs> so. 20 plus fucking years. And I remember being like in, in elementary school, my dad my dad said I was too feminine. He sent me over to my auntie house to mm. my male cousins and they were trying to teach me how to be a real nigga. Yep. Uh, but it was like, yeah, if we punch you, you can't cry. Mm. You can watch this porn. Pull your dick out and play with your dick. Like, like. That's so incredibly toxic. Yeah, like t- pretty much. But they're also my age. They're like my age, a little bit older. Yeah, it's very toxic, very abusive. Um, And but I feel like a lot of us deal with that to a certain extent. Mm. Or a lot of us who are growing up and growing up like with just our mothers, we quote unquote the men of the house, so we have put on this hard this hard persona, and then sometimes we don't know how to step away from it, Mm -hmm. which puts us in the space as queer men. It makes it hard harder for us to open up because we've had like. 20 plus years or 15 plus years of building up this really hard exterior that we don't even know how to open up no more. And I feel like a lot of the times that's what makes queer relationships toxic or don't last long. Mm. But I also feel that's the reason why like lesbian relationships last for fucking ever. (laughs) They'll be together, they'll like date, they'll meet each other, think you have the finest hell going two days. Like, are we together? Four months later, bitches moving in together. You and bitches getting married. married. 50 years later, these bitches are, like, going on their fifth honeymoon. Legit, though, every lesbian woman that I've ever worked with has been in a relationship for two-plus years, and they were already engaged. But it's, like... And it's but very it's like gay, it's like, gay male relationships are, like, two, mo- two months is a fucking year. Very fickle. Bro. Well, that makes sense. It's like two months of a fucking year. Call it's like me not out. Realistic. Call like, me out. Read no, me. No, and, and, and that's why, like, when I was in high school, I would have quote unquote boyfriends. But like, this shit didn't last longer than two yeah. weeks. I didn't get my damn boyfriend. Yeah. Um, I feel like, well, like I said, I feel because like that's the, the, t- the time works so differently. Because well, the way we get bored quick. Yeah, and our, the way I get bored quick. Yeah. Shit. Like, I cut, I cut nigga off. I cut nigga off last week mm-hmm. just because he asked me for $3. Yes. Also, because, like, he, was, he showed very clingy. And kind of like wanting to be dominant and untrustworthy traits within our first conversation. Mm. But I wanted the dig. So I got the dig. And then he started acting even more like like possessive. And I was like, oh! Last time I checked, I pay my own bills. I have $3 to go on the subway. Mm. You feel me? Like, I don't stay in the studio with four of my friends. I'm good. You're not about to dominate me, nigga. Mm. What? Then you gonna call me and ask me about your weed? Fuck out of here. Yes. Um, but yeah, I'm sorry. That was another random. Uh, but yeah, no. 
Like we're raised to be tough, and that makes it harder for us yeah. to open up and be and be vulnerable and be uh, be willing to have conversations. Because mm. also something else we a lot of black people grow up with is what goes on in this house stays in this house, and yeah. sometimes like that makes us not want to talk about anything. Mm-hmm. Um, as soon as I was allowed to break that rule, I've been breaking it. Child, I wrote a whole book. My, my, my senior thesis is literally talking about pretty much what went on in our house. Mm. My mama read it and cried. Mm. She was like, I thought I was, I thought I was protecting you all these years. Mm. So that's what you were. Like, but you can't protect me from everything. To your perception. No, it's not like you, yeah. you did a good job. You, yeah, you, you, just, you just can't protect me from, from everything. everything. And she was like, I know what they mm. um, But yeah. One thing I noticed, which we've never talked about, your relationship with your mom. Because you love your mom. You and your mom are extremely close. And for me, when I came out to my mom, when I, I think I was about a year out of high school. um, So last year. (laughs) No, yikes. Um, We went to a Coney Island. Mm -hmm. We were in between homes at the moment. Like we were getting ready to move out of state. So it was a lot going on with us. And we just went out to eat because we haven't like sat down and had a heart to heart in a while. Mm -hmm. And I'm extremely open with my mom. Um, and we sat down and she's like, all right, so what, what you got to talk about? It's like my dating situation right now. And she's like, yeah, because I know you inter- interested in him and her or, or not, not him and her. Whoops. I didn't mean to say that. I mean her. Right. And I was just like, your mama already knew. And that's what pissed me off because I Mothers opened know. up. And when I opened up to say. Him, him and her. Girl, you know what you was doing. Your mama knew what she was doing. So I opened up to say. Yeah, so that's what I actually want to talk about because I think I'm actually interested in him, but I'm also interested in her right now too. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "Is that so, still lie? Are you still are you, are you are you still interested in both?" Yeah, okay. I'm very much so. Like, <laughs> so you're bisexual? Yeah, I, I I identify as sexually fluid. Okay, so you Frank Ocean? I guess. Okay. One that's, thing that's one, a, that's a secure reference. One thing. <laughs> One thing that makes me laugh a lot, Daryl, or not Daryl, Darius, I always call Daryl, Darius, and Darius, Daryl. Um, Darius was in here the other day, and we were talking, me, him, and Avante, and he's like, I feel like I could be sexually fluid. Maybe not, because women only make my boner hard. <laughs> and it makes me laugh so hard every time he says, but he's like, I can appreciate a good-looking man. And I'm like, that just means you're not dumb. But anyways, all that to say, um... All that to say, like, I feel like a lot of people use bisexuality as, like, they try to make it a gateway and to just be like, oh, you don't know what you want, so you just going to try to claim both for the moment. And I, that's, that's some bullshit. It's some bullshit. Like, bu- no, I'm still bisexual phobia or whatever. Like, I'm still sexually attracted to women. Make no mistake. Mm-hmm. And me and my mom had this conversation the other day when I was telling her about the demise of my last dating relationship. She was like... And I was like, also, it's just feel like it's going to be hard for me to find a woman because a lot of black women, just women in general... They, they don't really understand uh, uh, being with a man who is sexually fluid or bi or anything. You know, but you know what? I was just about to ask you, like, how do you feel about um, dating? Like, how is your relationship with women going? So I've only dated one woman, and that was in eighth grade, and Good I wasn't job. even out. So and it was for yeah, two I'm weeks. sorry you showed him we showed, if I don't call high school I showed him I ain't kind of middle school so in that case no I've never dated a woman but like that's the thing my mom I said like she was like well you on both sides of the fences again I was like well Hell, at this point, neither side of the fence is playing in my favor, so I don't know. It like shit. If you attracted to both sides of the fence, but one side of the fence ain't playing in your favor, what the fuck does that make you? Right. I haven't been with a woman ever, but I want to be. But the fact of the matter is, 
it's, it's honestly, it's like you have to find women who are confident with self. Yeah. Because find, it's a big or, insecurity or, or thing. Or find guys who are confident with self. I don't, I don't know how much you like pure gay guys who won't date bisexual people. Because they think it's a, a phase or some shit. No, it's, it's like, not necessarily a phase. They, the insecurity is... What if what I got ain't enough for you no more? You and that's the same else. thing with women, though. Yeah. Because I, shit, like, I hate that. Like, well, if you with me, how I know you're not looking at another man? Bitch, if you with a heterosexual nigga. He looking at other women. He looking at other women, so what's, your, say, what's your insecurity? If anything, since you should be hoping I'm get another bisexual, you might be able to get two dicks at one time. Legit. So, fill up two holes. My thing is, because, like, my best friend, she's even talked about it. She was like, yeah, like, I understand you identify as bisexual, but, like, me personally, I couldn't be with a bisexual man. And it's like, I understand that. That's, that's the each's own. It's also a level of maturity, because I, I know, like, my best friend, my mm. female best friends, they're like, they're open to dating bisexual mm. guys. But it's also kind of sexual with mm-hmm. them. They're like, oh, because like, I can, we can explore yeah. sexually. And, and that's what's like, important he'll to actually me. be, you know, he'll actually be willing to have conversations mm-hmm. and to be vulnerable with me. And like, he'll understand when I'm going through stuff. And like, women, if you're out there listening, dead ass, get your bisexual nigga. Because they will, for one, they'll love you hard. They will protect you but then they'll also understand what you're going through they'll be able they can have conversations with you you know they can cut it's like it's almost as if having a best friend well it's pretty much what a partner's supposed to be your best friend and your partner mm-hmm. you get that quick mm. listen up bitches because if i find one why do you think bitch, that I'm is? Snatching, huh? why do you think that is like what? bisexual men are more Available because that's what it sounds like. I just like feel like well, a lot of my friends who are bisexual are having the same problems, which they mm-hmm. can't find someone to date. Yeah, and I'm like, you know, you can call me, I'll date you. No, I just think it's that way because people just aren't open open to it. That's yeah, honestly, yeah, people aren't open to dating bisexual guys. Yeah, I think bisexual guys are great. I can just have great conversations with them, you know. And the thing, and so this is the gag, right? Uh, most of the guys who approach me are um, quote unquote trade. Mm. Or DL or go ahead and discreet. define trade for those who don't know. But okay. if you're listening this long to all this gay shit, then I'm pretty sure you know. Okay, what so trade, is. <laughs> trade was originally a term that pretty much sounds like it is trade. They will trade sexual favors for something else. Mm. So in other words, escorts, hoes, strippers, whatever. Um, trade is often <laughs> engineers, mm. college educators. <laughs> Police officers, ambulance workers, <laughs> lawyers, your hood drug dealer down the street, the nigga who owned the hood car wash around the corner, the nigga who works security guard at McDonald's. That's all another story. Uh, the one on Woodward. Child. Mm. But yeah, so that's pretty much straight. Um, I get like dudes hit me up. And my whole thing is like, and it's so funny because I've had dudes hit me up and want to fuck. And then once I tell them I have roommates who are females, oh shit, can your roommates join? Mm. Ah, uh, no? I'm not sleeping with my female. I'm actually gay, honey. <laughs> no. Fuck niggas is gone. Don't need them anyway. Oh, my God. Hey.
But yeah, and I and I always tell people like, you know, it's okay for you to just come out as bisexual, right? Mm. And they're like, no, it ain't. I'm like, eh, but it is. You can just come out as bisexual, and no one will judge you. Just like living your truth, and people will understand. And these things like, nah, because my mom, my family gonna flip the fuck out, or nah, because my baby mama ain't gonna take that shit. And my first question is, why you got baby mama? Uh, why you calling me? Me, got baby mama. Right. Um, Legit though, like, cause I can understand that, like, coming out as bisexual, like, it's hard. coming out as anything, general. right? Because, like, when I came out, like, I was mortified. The way I described my sexuality to my grandmother and my mom, you know, the uh, soft and versus hard uh, taco shell commercials, and you know how the little Mexican girl says, "Por qué no las dos? Why can't we have them both?" That's- <laughs> That is how I explain my sexuality. A flat bottom taco. A flat bottom taco. That's my sexuality, you know. (laughs) So, last few things that I do want to talk about because we gotta get out of here soon. Um, I want to know about your your findings, like the most important things that you have learned as a black queer identity. Because I, I really, really, really do look up to you, not only as like a human, but also as an artist, because the way you go about translating your black queer ex- experience into your work, that's just like, it's just, it looks seamless to me, even though I know it's not, because you work really hard. Thanks. But then also the way you just live your truth. Because mm-hmm. like I know you go through a lot of shit. We all do. It's mm-hmm. very painful being out and about in this world as the individual that you are. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. The way you just wear your truth with so much grace. Like, to quote a Nina Simone film, how does oh, such bitch. how does such royalty stomp around in the mud with such grace? And you do. Because legit, when we talk, you, you go through shit. But yeah, you handle I'm it with grace. So, I'm so tired. Legitimately. So that's my first question that I want to end with. Is like, just give me some of your findings. Like, what are the most important things that you have learned as a queer identity over the years when you are sad and depressed find some if it's well if you live midwest or north and you got 12 months of fucking winter (laughs) um find you a place with a lot of windows Mm -hmm. i think that's important daylight don't 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 get sad and depressed and stick in your bed with your blinds down Mm -hmm. and you know, just like in a dark room, because that's not gonna help you. And I learned that recently, this mm-hmm. past year. Um, don't be too, too, too headstrong to ask for help. Mm-hmm. Asking for help is needed. Um, really needed. Um, learn your wealth. No wealth, worth. <laughs> learn your worth. And supply your wealth. And supply your wealth. <laughs> Um, yeah, like, know your worth, like, don't let these niggas bug you, don't let these niggas get in your head, mm. um, you know, if you, don't settle, mm. don't settle, cause you gonna settle your ass, gonna fucking regret it, do not fucking settle, mm. these niggas ain't worth it, um, so I've just learned, look, he was old, he was so adorable, he was cute, he was eating your ass and everything, god damn it. Huh? It's not worth it, man. I mean, you know what yeah. ain't, but can we talk about that for a little bit some, though? Like, some, legit, some, some good time like, to make a bitch feel great, okay? Legitimately, like oh, when you are dickmatized, like can we talk about that for a bit? Because like I ain't been dickmatized in a long time. Legit though, so like 
me being somebody who was, and I actually, we haven't talked about this, mm -hmm. which we can now because like I, I like using my platform to be extremely transparent because mm -hmm. that's the person that I am. Mm -hmm. So I got into a situationship as of late, which I didn't expect myself to. And I realized as of late, the reason why I got into it, it wasn't because like, honestly, a month prior. Were you sexually frustrated? Is that why? There's many true. things that went into it. That was one. Okay. But um, it, it goes hand in hand with that conversation that we had about like just craving that intimacy. Craving because the over the past winter, I was at a really toxic job. You know that. I was working as a server and every day I was around black people, but they were extremely toxic, extremely bitter and angry. And I did not feel welcome or home. Like, how are you around people that look like you, but you just do not feel welcome? Yeah. So that was one big thing. It was also winter in Michigan. So I did not get any sunlight. Yeah. I was working inside of a restaurant with limited light. So I was always in darkness and mentally and physically. Mm -hmm. And then I also lost my grandma this past winter. So then I like, you know, I lost that whole like source of just like emotional intimacy in my family. I got a little distant from my family mm -hmm. as well. So after all that, all I really wanted, and I like, I remember days in the winter where I would have my friends come over just to talk about all this shit because I just literally felt so alone and jaded and I didn't know what the fuck was going on with me. And I was also sexually frustrated as shit. Like, my hands hurt it all the fucking time from carrying you, a tray. We need to get you a flush jack. We do. <laughs> we do. <laughs> but like legit. So like, save your life. Or, after, ma or, or a masturbation egg. Ooh. It just checks off the tip of your dick. Avante actually showed me a lot of different like sex toys. I'm telling you, but baby. Sex toys. I don't need no man no more. Well, I got paid today. Maybe we, okay. We can do a thing. Anyway, so like <laughs> after all that though, legit, like so I, I met this guy mm -hmm. and he was extremely assertive and aggressive, but at first it didn't seem like in a toxic way. It was like, damn, somebody who actually knows what they want and they gonna work for mm -hmm. it. And that's refreshing to me because I'm very much so I'm, I just thrive on being in control of my life. Mm -hmm. For 20, I've done a lot for myself and I thrive on that because mm -hmm. I, I love my independence and I work for what I have to for myself. Mm -hmm. So to be around somebody else who would actually be passionate about that, it was great. But um, it ha things moved so fast. And like we talked about earlier, like you shed light on that, the sands of time for a black queer relationship, especially a male one to like, you know, two males, it moves at a different pace because everything is so fickle because of what we've gone through and who we are. <laughs> because we get tired and irritated quickly. Exactly, which I did. And so like I realized, I just came to terms with like, the only reason I got into this previous situationship was because of things I was missing. Things I was like, I was starved. I was touch starved. I was like, oh. I, legit. I just li literally wanted somebody to hold me. I'm rubbing his arms right now. Thank you so much. This, I'm literally getting my life from this if though. He, if I see this laptop raise, I'm like, <laughs> But no, like I just missed so much. I missed talking to somebody. I missed literally like, somebody being on my mind and then me being on somebody's mind and knowing that mm -hmm. and having somebody express those things to me because literally when you out here in the world you can go days without talking to somebody you've you've spoken to me about that yeah. and that hurts me because i'm somebody who i'm i have something to offer like uh, i need my moments to recharge my batteries of course everybody does yeah. but when your batteries are fully charged and you want to give it to somebody mm. You want to give it to somebody. Better, better give it to somebody. <laughs> so I don't know. I just I just came to terms with that. Like, it, and it was a lot of things. Not only just like the past winter I had, but the childhood I had. Like, I remember being in the car with my father on like summer days, like tonight, and being, it, ain't, it ain't summer. It's it feel like summer. Shit, we sweating in here, ain't we? 
I'm not, I'm I am. I felt your back. You sweating. Shut up, bitch. <laughs> like, I remember being in the car with my, my dad and my brothers. And, like, my brothers obviously being, like, 16, 17 and them having heart-to-hearts. And my dad, at the end of the day, saying toxic shit. Like, if you want some pussy, go and get some pussy. But, like, things like that, that just overt relation of just, like, you wanting to be sexual as a man and me never having that with somebody else yeah it just i don't know it just like it just sparked a trickle effect and it just made me run right into the first person's arms who willingly opened them because they wanted me for who mm. i was no matter how toxic they were no matter how bad so question yes do you think y'all would still be in that situation if they if um that night had not happened yes unfortunately i don't think it's unfortunate it's not unfortunate. I think that situation ship was needed for you. For context, a night corresponded and I was shown how toxic this person could possibly be yeah. in the future. And I realized that I didn't want that. This person is also young. Significantly younger than yeah. me. Yeah. Um, yeah, like Very they teenager-y. like you've been on high school for how long? Three. I'm Three. going on four years now. Yeah. And that baby just graduated last year. Yeah. So that baby been on school high school high school for a year. Yeah. So um, where you were a senior when he was a freshman. Yeah. Because cause I feel like the only thing is, the, it, I, I don't feel like it was even toxic. I feel like it was just immature. It was. It was, it more, was toxic. It was, more, it was toxic when it came to... The way in which it ended. That and, and the also, way in which they just thought, like, you knew, you could read their fucking mind and it was over. That was toxic. That. Everything yeah. else was them being insecure and very young. Insecure. And not knowing how to deal with their feelings and emotions. Yes. And that's what hurt me a lot was you being emotionally unavailable. Yeah. Because I'm a very emotional person. That's the first thing you told me. You was like, the nigga was, uh, was emotionally available. I was like, but bitch, that tongue was available. The tongue was a la both. But anyways, one thing I would just like to end with is you just letting us into a little bit of your black identity. Um, what do you identify as? Who are you? My and I know that's a loaded... <clears throat> My name is Daryl D'Angelo Terrell. I am a 26-ish, 27 tomorrow. Um, oh, yes, talking to Mike like that. Black queer male who uh, um, pronouns are they, them, he, him. Sometimes she, her. Because let's be real, the gay girls love saying she, her, sis, bitch, whatever. They do. Um, pronouns are also, you know, queen, pharaoh, king, whatever, that bitch, um, mother. Um, yes, mother. I am nurturing. I, I am currently in the process of figuring out what type of nigga I am as far mm. as family time. I'm trying to figure out if I am a great migration nigga, a free man, a runaway slave or whatever. Mm. Um, I am sexually liberated. I don't have any fucks to give. I love to sing. I love music. I just started DJing. Um, I'm a bomb-ass artist. You are. Um, and sometimes I'm a little bit too fucking humble. But bitch, I'm that shit. <laughs> um, my ass fat. So is my belly. And we know. Ass fat. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, my ass fat and so is my belly. Um, I, love the, I love the feeling of the sun on my skin. Um, black people are fucking beautiful. I'm a diamond star gay, to be specific. So that means I've never touched or been out of a pussy. I was a C-section baby. Mm-hmm. 
My mom, I saw wow. my mom with that. She was like, you fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I never touch a vagina. Um, born and raised in East South Detroit. Proud product of Detroit Public Schools. My high school closed on 2011. Kettering High School, what up? Class reunion is next week. Is next year. I'm planning on stunting. I'm telling these niggas, do not call me Daryl. Call me Professor. Oh, yes, um, Daddy. Oh, hey, Daryl. No, I'm sorry. Who are you? It's, uh. professor, it's Professor to you. Sorry. Um, I'm a ball of energy. I like to twerk. But at the end of the day, I'm black as fuck. You know? Um, yeah, that's my identity. Mm. Um, I love I'm, I'm that bitch. That. You are that bitch. Who's that nigga? Professor，not，Daryl，那是，Professor，那是，Professor，那是，Professor，那是，Professor，那是，Professor，那是，Professor，那是，Professor，那是，Professor，那是，Professor，那是，Professor，那是，Professor，那是，Professor，那是，Profess
Peace after revolution. 